0: and good evening everybody welcome back to corner to corner wrestling radio we are live right here on c2c com. how is everybody i'm stan grub my tag team partners rob hefner
2: well, hello there.
0: How are you, Rob? How's how's everything going, man?
2: It's a day. <laughs> a day that thankfully we don't have to repeat.
0: Until next Monday? Shut up. <laughs> and Brian Taylor?
3: What's up? What's going on?
0: What's up? What's up? We're in the the post revolution hangover because that was a long, energetic, exhausting pay per view. Oh, sorry about that. I got dropped. Ah, well, you're still here, so we didn't lose you for long. Nope. So it was a a long, energetic pay-per-view, a lot of different um, hard-hitting action. Some things to talk about, for sure. Um, And the announcement, breaking news, uh, coming in today, fresh off the press, Vader announced to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, Vader passed away not too long ago, and there was a huge campaign for him to be part of... WWE's Hall of Fame while he was still alive and there's a lot of people that are very vocal right now actually complaining that they waited so long. Last I had heard the Hall of Fame was one of those situations where you had to, well you didn't have to, but they would basically they would call you and ask you, hey, do you want to go in the Hall of Fame? And essentially you could say yes or no and that was it.
2: Well, I imagine also that it takes time to Get the licensing and all that, contracts and all that crap written up. You know what I mean? hmm But, I mean, also, not to be crude or rude, but it's cheaper for the WWE to put him in post you know?
0: That's true. I That's think. a valid point. You know. I believe Vader was actually so. campaigning to get into the Hall of Fame, wasn't he? he was openly asking fans to contact WWE um,
3: that I wouldn't know I don't know I mean it's a shame they didn't put him in earlier there's a lot of people in that should be in over him right go go um sorry.
2: godfather
0: uh Not to mention any names. You you just mentioned like two. just thought I'd put that out there. um, Yeah. Wait, what? Hell with that guy. Um, I feel like Vader, career-wise, I mean, there's a guy that's deserving. WCW champion three times. uh, IWGP champion. IWGP tag team champion. Um, Not to mention just the storied career that he had. All of the different. Memorable moments: uh, the busting Stan Hansen's eye out of his socket, uh, the power bomb that broke Joe Thurman's back, the power bomb that sent Cactus Jack into amnesia. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happened with Vader.
3: Well, the, the power bomb with Cactus Jack was just nasty.
4: Mm-hmm. It was like
3: a- this. Thud,
0: yeah, just a, like a nasty, like thud or crack the way he hit the. I remember when he hit the concrete. Uh uh-huh. It's back when he well, didn't want to pay for more mats.
2: Well, and you got to think also back then, not a lot of whole thing, not a lot of things happened outside the ring, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And for this guy to come from Japan, pull the mats back and slam one of the fan favorites down on you know down on the concrete. But um, I, mean, I truly believe he was deserving. He was deserving before he died, He's deserving after. I mean, I mean, he did the real life. Oh, you think it's fake? And they took that newscaster and was like, here, pick yourself <laughs> up.
0: I mean, and he's not without controversy because in uh, Saudi yeah, Arabia, I... where <laughs> Saudi Arabia, he beats the hell out of uh, the host. And uh, gets locked up, goes to jail. How, how terrifying would that be, to be in a foreign country and, and be told, uh, yeah, you're you're going to jail?
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of foreign countries I wouldn't want to go to jail in. I mean, I don't want to go to jail in anywhere, but.
0: I'm glad you specified. Is there one that you might want to go to jail in, though, like Tijuana? Or... Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just checking it was a little suspect at first. You cleaned it up nice, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Stay on topic, Stan. Come on. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, honestly, I, I I did look on Facebook, and you get the normal cast of malcontents that will throw their opinion out there. But one that was uh, noticeable was Evan Ginsberg, for, former the executive producer of The Wrestler. Movie uh, directed by Darren Arnovsky, excuse me, uh, but also the creative mind behind the documentary of 350 Days stated that WWE is a soulless company to not put Vader in while he was alive. I mean, sure, you you could have, but damn, I don't know that I'd call them soulless. Or well, maybe the fact that they cut over a hundred people during a pandemic that that might be soulless. That might hurt your integrity, but just simply when you in, when you induct somebody into the Hall of Fame, I'm not sure that that alone qualifies. But maybe maybe Mr. Ginsburg was speaking more more elaborately.
2: I think you're holding some resentment there.
0: No, I just I was I was actually kind of surprised when I read it. I was like, Jesus, guys, pretty damn angry at WWE. One of these days, we'll have to ask him, hey, what happened with you and WWE? What caused this animosity?
2: Can't talk about it.
0: I have a feeling the he'd be nondisplo- one of those guys that would talk about it.
2: Well, there's a lot of people that have animosity against the WWE, you know? But mm-hmm. So this year's class is who? The Undertaker and Big Van Vader.
0: Yep, right now, that's who's going in. Damn,
2: it's a pretty big class.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore.
2: Just it's a tall order. You know what I mean? Uh yeah. That's, that's I still can't order. get over that A and E show that they had with the Undertaker. And we can't find these outfits, and he just goes to this nondescript storage locker, pulls out a red made tub. He's like, oh, "Is this what you're looking for?"
0: Just, I, like, I like that show. It got signed and picked up for another season plus. Brian, I think you showed it to us in the uh, group chat. It's like 38 more episodes of different things, like 38 more specials. Um, uh,
3: I don't remember, but I don't think it was 38 of that show. Um, I think it's... No, no, that, that, oh, I took, you're talking about the eight... Uh, a and E, yeah. A and E, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a hundred and something over the course of a bunch of years. Wow. But yeah. it's it's not just that particular show; it's all types of different shows.
2: Yeah, they want to do more legends and. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it was you know, their documentaries in my eyes, the ones I watched didn't shy away. You know how when a company's doing documentaries on their talent or their former talent, you know, they always, are like, Oh, well let's, let's give them the Reader's Digest Disney version Mm -hmm. of who these people were. And when they did Shawn Michaels, he's like, I was on drugs. I was drunk, you know, like.
0: (laughs) Well, I always feel like with, with those documentaries they're so careful with how they lay it out you're you're absolutely right the disney version just to make sure that they're not yep sean was a dopehead he was uh on blow half of his career like they they really did everything they possibly could to kind of dress it up for his documentary same thing with uh with hogan they they ignored a lot of stuff that he did
3: oh i mean you kind of you have to avoid a little bit because that's not how anybody remembers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you have to cater to who's going to watch it.
2: Right. And he won the defamation lawsuit.
0: Not many people can say they closed down an entire company with one lawsuit.
2: Yeah. Oh, they they closed it down just saying so that to pay his ass. Did
0: you see the uh, see the entry that Shane McMahon posted on uh, Twitter, asking Hulk Hogan if he had one more one more run in him. Oh
2: God! Uh-huh. With their current <laughs> state of him and Flair, you could get them both in there now.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I, I would even entertain that.
0: But Shane may have crossed over to the, the Cornette side of things.
3: <laughs> no,
2: Shane's
0: just an idiot. <laughs> yeah,
3: Corny's in the world all his own.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. It almost insults Cornet to put Shane there. So that's a good point.
2: Well, then we just, maybe it helps us figure out where the pro- some of the problems have been all these years with, you know, Shane going, you got one more run in you? <laughs> like, who's holding on to the glory days? Find out later Vince is really like, I wanted to fire his ass years ago.
0: <laughs> There's a reason Vince doesn't tweet happy birthday to his son. <laughs> yeah. That's cold-blooded right there. Tell Triple H happy birthday, your son-in-law, but don't, don't actually tell your actual son. <laughs> that's just cold.
2: That's some shit I'd do.
0: That's, that's solace right there. <laughs> Ouch. Well, last night was AEW Revolution. We had the good fortune it to, it was, it was, Revolution. We had the good fortune to go hang out with uh, Mr. Brian to, to watch the four hour, five hours. Really? Yeah. Seven to 12, five mm-hmm. hours. Holy shit. <laughs> it was a lot of wrestling. Good wrestling, though. Um, this was one of those situations where, you know, you talk about WrestleMania and how one night at six hours was exhausting. Uh, yes, it was a long night. I mean, I was tired when I got home, but still energized enough to to turn on the post shows and to watch the media scrums Brian and Rob I don't know if you guys watched any of those but uh definite positive great night for AEW last night
3: mm, I think it lived up to its name uh there's a lot of you know a lot that happened uh, in the show and um you can you can almost see where they're trying to change you know the way the way uh people watch wrestling
4: mm-hmm.
0: rob your initial thoughts on revolution man what'd you think
1: i mean
2: i thought it was i mean as we've said you know it was hard hitting from start to finish it. I, you know, were there some matches that I kind of felt drug on? Yes. But you know what? It wasn't overwhelming. Oh my God, they could have gotten rid of this, you know? Um, it's like, we're sitting there watching it and we're going, Holy crap. We still have three more matches, you know? And so, like Brian said, it was just a good pay-per-view. I mean, it was, AEW keeps bringing it, you know. They, I remember, I saw somebody were saying that one of the matches was too bloody, you know. And you really can't control it once it
0: flows. <laughs> well, I mean, just but- uh the the blood loss that happened in in the dog collar match we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth here in a second but damn <laughs> it was a little uneven though we'll say that um we got a, a lot to go through we'll we we'll kind of what do you think guys go match by match or zip through what do you want to do
2: match by match
0: all right um okay so myself and the misses got there in the middle of The buy-in, kind of the middle of the beginning match with uh, Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander, Um, Brian. What what did you think of this matchup between the two?
4: Um,
3: that was that wasn't the first match, though, was
0: it? Is that the first match? Oh, you tell me. If I if I missed one, let me know.
3: I think you missed one. I don't have the results in front of me, but I thought there was one before that. Um, crap, I can't remember because what House of Black is third. There mm-hmm. were three on the on the on the buy-in. Statlander, and Layla, House of Black. What was the third?
0: Uh, let's um, take a look here. Oh, Hook and QT Marshall.
3: Yeah, yeah, that one.
0: So, CBS Sports dot first. Yeah, CBS Sports. Yeah, well, it was Layla it was first?
4: Layla
3: okay, Statlander first. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't, I don't know. I guess it was okay. I it I wasn't expecting, um, Layla to win, but, um. I don't know. It, it it definitely, you know, I won't say set the tone, but kind of showed you what the the night had in store for you.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It was one of those things where, and, and I missed it. You you told me twice, you know how how she won, but I completely missed uh, Hirsch going to the uh, outside and, and grabbing that I guess spare turnbuckle post or hook, and then nailing yeah. uh, Statlander in the face. I i didn't catch that rob did you catch that yeah oh shit i'm just blind then yeah <laughs> thanks buddy appreciate you, <laughs> you
3: no know, i did, don't feel bad i didn't see it either so well
0: i did catch until a they, yeah yeah go ahead
3: oh until they showed it on the ground
0: yeah, i i caught the i caught a, a replay of it on YouTube. You know how they break them down into little clips. So, I saw the the shot. I was like, "Oh, jeez!" I don't even remember going outside the ring, but it was it was about halfway done when I got there. So,
2: well, it was like when they like I remember seeing it. I remember her, her doing it, and then they didn't even play it in the vignette at the end. They played all the other moves that she did. They did, but then all of a sudden. And then then they, they come out and there it was. So my uh, one critique so far is
0: AEW's
2: ring crew needs to put their stuff away.
0: <laughs> Day's just forgetful.
3: <laughs> so and, and then of course I guess off of that Layla does get a match to be number one contender on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, um, she hit a, a springboard moonsault. I'm trying to figure out what I would call it. That I don't think I've ever seen springboard her Springboard moonsault. Before. Thanks, Rob. But uh, I've never seen her do it before, but it was a big, big win for her. And if she can get, it's a victory in a triple threat match, right? The number one contender spot?
3: Mm-mm. It's her and Thunder Rosa.
0: Oh, well, it's good seeing uh, Layla Hirsch. Thanks for coming by. Uh Thunder Rosa is going to win in San Antonio. Sorry, not sorry.
3: No, 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 no. I think I don't think next week is San Antonio. It's and it's it's the winner gets Britt Baker and San Antonio. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think uh I I think you know Thunder Rosa being the Texas girl.
3: Yeah. We'll talk about how her match went. Well, I guess we already spoiled it, but it will.
0: Kind of, sort of, but it, 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 the spoiler rule's is not in effect after the fact, you know. My guy, we're we're not talking about Batman for crying out loud, or are we? Anyway, Hook and QT Marshall. Uh, I mean, come on, this was what we expected it to be, except probably the the longest match of Hook's very young career so far. First time we've seen him have any kind of signs of, well, just take any punishment, I guess. But I thought he handled handled himself really well, and QT Marshall did a great job of making him look good.
3: I would like to have seen it go longer, especially with QT.
0: Oh wow! Okay, well you you've got a point. It was uh, seven or eight minutes. wasn't very long, and I yeah, might they, be generous. I mean,
3: with that time yeah you might be generous i mean if there's one guy on the roster that can you know wrestle the kid for 15 minutes or so make him look good as qt
2: mm-hmm. Well, i thought it went longer than
3: most of hook's matches in my opinion yeah but most of them end in about five minutes
0: it was definitely so as long the as extra so far two or three yeah yeah I'm curious who they put him in the ring with next. Like, does he get Camarado?
4: Um,
3: has he already faced him?
0: Well, he beat Aaron Solo. He beat QT Marshall. He beat whoever that other little, little dude was um, Fuego de Sol, of course. Serpentico. It's so funny that I can remember all of his matches. <laughs> well, we talked about it last night. I mean, when you look at Hook, I mean, it, it, this is the this is the guy that, you know, five, six years from now, I think last night I said ten, but five, six years from now, he's going to be the star of the business.
3: Yeah, if he plays his cards right.
0: hmm. Keeps the right people in his ear and the wrong people out.
2: Yeah. That's the whole thing, because we've seen people that come in with promise, get a big head, get a get a whiff of glory, and then it's like, oh, it's like, oh, what? Do it again?
3: Yeah, I thought, I thought he, he had a
0: another comment or something he was going to say after that's no, why I, I, I
3: just want to hear it go ooh again do it do it do it damn he's not gonna do it
0: no <laughs> <laughs> uh then we get a very uh, what one thing we should point out right from the beginning of the night um all bets were off as far as how hard these guys and gals were hitting each other holy shit they were laying in um and it gets more evident as the night goes on
3: Yeah, it, it it's like it started low, you know, like a, a low crescendo, and then goes into a full blown opera of violence by the end of the night.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we go in and it's it's hey, go out there, have a great night, have a great match, and then the next match, all right, now got to put a little energy to it, keep going. Even by the third match, go fuck him up. <laughs> it's yeah. like god damn go
3: beat the piss out of each other
0: <laughs> yeah like damn um house of black versus uh i'm gonna c- keep calling them pentagon dark <laughs> pentagon dark um uh, pack and uh eric redbeard which you know kind of an odd pairing but or trio but it still seemed like it, ma- it, it matched up pretty well with brody king and, and buddy matthews who Came out looking like a superstar. Just another example of, hey, anything uh, you throw away, we're going to make good. And that's what AEW has done thus far with every AEW, excuse me, former WWE superstar. Um, but this match really started off that we're going to beat the hell out of each other and no one's going to care.
2: I mean, what do you expect from a House of Black match? You knew it was coming. And... I agree it was good to see Eric Graybeard, but,
0: um... <laughs> it's a red beard, Rob.
2: Uh, no. If you watch the pay per view, you can see it's more gray in that thing than red now. Um...
0: <laughs> Eric but, Oldbeard but, was the gimmick we dubbed him with.
2: Yes, Eric Oldbeard. It's like the Viking. Eric Oldbeard. <laughs> Go listen to Eric Oldbeard with the stories of the village. Um... But as we said, it was a hard-hitting match. And as I joked that I think they left the lights out a little too long when House of Black was coming in because there's a lot of people that bought $8 beers and (laughs) $6 queso, and it's now on the floor because they're like, I can't see shit. But again, another hard-hitting match. Yeah. And Malachi Black is just again showing... What a consummate wrestler he is. Yeah. That was missed, you know?
0: A couple of shots that he took that really, really made me wonder <laughs> if he was going to recover. That uh, destroyer he took from Pentagon Dark. Jesus. Um, you got these. First off, the Canadian destroyer is, you know, it's the hot, hot move of the month right now. You know, he was the super kick, now it's the destroyer. Or maybe I've got it backwards, but either way, um, you know he takes a destroyer from Pentagon and just from Penta, it just just n- <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied because I want to word it right. Gets his head and neck jammed as he's as he's taking it. It just was, it wasn't messy. It wasn't like it was a sloppy move. It was just the cell job on it and everything. I'd be very surprised if he didn't at least have a very very mild concussion from all of that.
3: Well, maybe not. I mean, it may have just been one that looked rough.
0: Well, and they were doing. Uh, I mean, the entirety of that matchup was everyone selling their asses off. You, know, you get nailed with a big shot. You're you're not just firing right back in there unless it makes sense. It was. You could tell there was logic behind what was happening. Mostly.
3: Mostly, he says.
0: Well, Eric Redbeard is – he serves a purpose. It's great. I I said it last night. I'm happy to see that he found a landing spot. Um, You mentioned that maybe it's just a pay-per-appearance deal. But at the same time, I could easily see him in the House of Black.
3: I think there are probably – Others out there that would have a better fit than him, than Eric.
0: Have him and Brody King be a tag team? Who? Eric Redbeard. Uh,
3: oh, there, there's better fits than that. I, I don't see that. Uh, I wouldn't see him going into that. Personally. But you might you might be into you know hitting the weird guy in the you know the <laughs> round peg in the square hole type. You know.
0: Yeah, sometimes it sometimes it works, sometimes not, but sometimes it works.
3: Yeah, I'm just not sure that one would work. Maybe I could be wrong.
0: So three matches in the buy in um is that the most we've had on a buy-in in a while? I'm pretty sure it is.
3: I think so. Normally it's about 2
0: plus all the interviews and pre-show segments and everything. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. So the actual yeah.
0: event, the actual pay-per-view starts and it's Jericho and Kingston to start us off. I got to say it was uh it was a little uncomfortable watching watching Jericho get the snot beat out of him at first, and that half and half suplex he takes right at the very beginning. God, <laughs> I, I, his bell's probably still ringing from that.
3: Why does it? Why why does it bother you? I'm just curious.
0: Well, it just seemed like he wasn't protected. Like he that. just wasn't protected, you know. Like he well at that shot. I won't say the match, but the the. That half and half suplex he takes it just seemed like he was really high up with with not holding the back of his head. You know what I mean? And even most times they try to try to hold the back of their head or something to protect themselves. But just in this case, it was so fast. It just wow! It leveled him. Okay. All right.
3: I'm listening. I feel your pain.
0: I'm not saying that, like you know, I felt like I wanted to cry. It wasn't like Old Yeller,
3: but I, th- I think I think maybe it was kind of like
0: Old Yeller. Maybe yeah. maybe that's I what Jericho yeah. is at this point. <laughs> Don't yeah, do it no. to Chris, <laughs> Chris. I think you no, got
2: some in feelings.
0: Well, it did remind me of two drunk uncles trying to prove to each other they could still fight. Oh yeah, Well, you hit me in the face now. Nah, I'm gonna hit you in the face. Bam, bam, just beating the shit out of each other. Um, Listen. <laughs>
3: All I know is Eddie, nobody like nobody uh how do I word this? Nobody fakes an injury like Eddie with his with his eye at the oh end. Oh my god. How about how about the
0: uh the suplex he takes on the outside where he just sits there grabbing his ass, grabbing his back. He's like, I I don't know what hurts worse when I'm just I'm dead. It's my neck, my neck and my back <laughs> They were just, these guys just decided to go out there and say, all right, well, let's just hit each other as hard as we can. Let's see who falls down first.
3: <laughs> now, What's, what's interesting is you, I mean, that was like, that was very hard hitting.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And then you just, you like, wow, they're really going at it. You know, like they got something to prove and, yeah, they That's definitely not they even definitely the hold. hardest one of the night. Yeah, no, the,
0: but you're right. They they did seem like they had something to prove, like a chip on their shoulder almost. Like, all right, yeah. we're gonna start the night. Fuck you. Here's what we're gonna do.
3: Yeah, follow follow us. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think any of us picked Jericho's. I don't know that we were all, quote unquote, surprised. But I was happy to see just. One that the match went as long as it did, and two, the way it ended, I thought was fitting. I, I liked the the back and forth, and and the way they put the near falls at the end was was really well timed.
3: Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if anybody did pick Jericho.
2: We got to keep better records.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to start writing this down again. I used to keep notes of it. Now I just guess, but I'll start taking it back down. No problem.
2: I mean, it's not like you have anything else to do.
0: Yeah, but nothing. Nothing else is going on.
2: I mean, you graduated, so
0: now you ain't got enough. You got all That's that right. free time on your hands. All my free time. I love my free time that I have so much of.
3: All right, in free time, what's next?
0: <laughs> Triple threat match, Jurassic Express defending against the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. Um, remember we talked about how it just went on from the <laughs> from the beginning of night and just got more hardcore and more more, more, more brutal. More, more yeah, mm-hmm. this match this match started off and uh, decided they were just going to up the ante. Okay, Chris and Eddie. We'll see. You're <laughs> smacking around each other. And we'll raise you super kicks to the noggin. 500 times. <laughs> Good God.
2: And we'll, we'll, we'll raise you... Instead of the 10 false finishes, we'll have 30.
4: hmm
2: And everyone will get saved at least twice. Until they don't. We will try to kill luchasaurus at least five
0: times <laughs> well one time he did try to commit suicide with that dive to the outside maybe time to shelf that one i know he's supposed to be luchasaurus so he's trying to be a luchador but that step up uh somersault he does to the outside they, they weren't all ready for that and i don't know that he was ready for that like it was it was a scary moment, but uh, he he survived. They all survived. Um, let's see here. How can you be
2: ready for that when there's four people on the outside of the ring and this eight-foot-tall thing just flies over the ropes? I mean, eventually, like I think you said it last night, eventually they'll stop with the spot because it's getting old, mm-hmm. and that's on every program, you know? The, oh, hold on. I'm so distraught. We're all going to stand here. We've been kicking each other's ass for 20 minutes. But let us all stand here in Kumbaya for a second in this certain section of the ring. Oh, by Jehovah's fat! Mike look who flies over the ring. Did not know that was coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they, they did speed it up. So you're right. I did, ta- I did talk about that last night, how they all kind of mill about just waiting for the guy to dive. But in this case, I mean the pace of this matchup was pretty quick. Um I think I read that it was it was still about twenty minutes matchup wise, but it it went by fast. There was not a lot of breathing room in this match.
3: Um, yeah, there I mean The flow was good. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a lot of uh Um you know like one team being on the outside where the other two teams went at it type thing I mean, they were all pretty much at one time you know all six of them involved on a constant basis
0: yeah we we may end up having to retire the hefner rule for AEW pay-per-views
3: yeah but that i mean they've always done a good job at that yeah well, fairly decent. I don't know about, you
4: know.
0: <laughs> I think the, the last time I really saw them yeah. really do that was uh, the Dark Order and Adam Page against the Elite, where they kind of well, did that. But even that was kind of subtle. It wasn't really.
2: I think that goes out. back to the matchup, the pair-ups of the people, you know. Mm-hmm. When we see the to rule in place, a lot of times it's, where there's such an uneven playing field with the participants, you know? Like, you have high flyers, and then you have not high flyers. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. You know, you
2: have the ones who can, like, not to throw the thing off. Let's take WWE. So you have, like, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, and then you throw in Sheamus right you know, right like, just throws the like,
0: whole tempo of the match off like
2: hold up so but i agree i mean it was a great at any time there's no way the ref could have ever kept up with who was tagged in and who was the legal man cuz they from jump they were like ha, guess what
4: bye uh-huh.
0: Yeah, that, that's just more of a testament, testament. about the uh, speed and agility of Luchasaurus, though, to be able to keep pace with all those smaller guys.
2: And the good news is, with the new Jurassic Park movie coming out, maybe they'll have new masks and they'll have back. <laughs> well, isn't
0: Jurassic Park a uh, Warner property?
2: I don't know. I uh, thought it was seems, universal.
0: Seems like a natural pairing to me.
2: That was universal since it was Universal Studios orlando
0: okay, but well, don't they don't they work with Universal Studios for uh dark elevation
2: I don't know do they I don't know do they i don't know
4: do
0: they <laughs> <laughs> I can't go any lower, Rob. It's just, it just won't, it won't let me do it. I was going to try, but... Uh, so the, the triple threat itself has some great spotlight moments, um, especially the finishing sequence where the... What do they call this? Damn it. Um, it's basically a tail whip, the kick from Luchasaurus, into the German suplex from Jungle Boy, then into... A, um, oh shit, What is it called? A thunderfire power bomb from Jungle Boy, almost like a Tiger Driver to finish it. But and, and it's just so <laughs> convoluted; it's hard to set up or really properly explain. Uh, there's more bang for your buck that was hit in a random way that looked great. Um Red Dragon and, and the Young Bucks started to finally tease, mixing it up, which. You know, I can't wait to see that unfold. A, a true match between the two is going to be really, really good. Um, but I, I really was surprised to see the Jurassic Express retained. That was the big surprise for me.
2: I was surprised as well. I thought it was going to be Red Dragon, but you know, because I, I was not ready to see the Young Bucks as the title champs again. Um. I kind of look at them with the tag team division, like Cody with the TNT title. You know, just not ready.
0: Will um, accept no blasphemy of the Cody verse, sir.
2: I'm not blasphemy. I'm just saying maybe he needs to go to for another title. Sorry,
0: like the world title.
2: Sorry, <laughs> as the, I'm air quoting though. We're on a podcast, you can't see it. <laughs> maybe he can go after the.
3: Intercontinental.
4: <gasps> shh,
3: shh. or the twenty four Stib.
0: That that's probably
3: no, send them over. <laughs> you know? But
2: anyway, I was I was politely surprised that he won. I would have liked to have seen Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly just because they're a badass tag team. But I think they'll have the same problem there for a little while that say NXT did when they put the belt on them. They're like, oh crap, now who do,
3: who, who beats them, you know? Right. Well plus, that the
0: se- good. plus the seeds are only now being sown for the for the actual feud because we get the tease of Kenny Omega at the top of the show where Shivani's like, we got a special guest, and they play Kenny Omega's music, and out comes Don Callis. And everybody boos, of course, and Don Callis starts talking about how the fans sucked the energy out of Kenny Omega and forced him to, to lose his title. I mean, it was just really sowing the seeds of, of dissension because here's this guy now talking for Kenny Omega, and you know Omega's probably going with the Bucks. So we'll have that, and then we'll have... um. Adam Cole and you know O'Reilly and fish on their end and then you've still got Jay white waiting in the wings with I would guess the good brothers who just lost the tag titles this weekend for impact so that frees them up which I mean you, you Rob you said it what how would you what would you do next with them who would you put like next in line well maybe they got to get through that before they you know put any other tag teams ahead of them or put them ahead of any other tag teams for the titles Well,
2: I think you also got to look at the fact that if they're going to do a whole Bullet Club angle in AEW, Mm -hmm.
4: O'Reilly
2: and Fish are not a member of the Bullet Club. Um, Adam Cole is. Nick and Matt are. You know, Omega is. Adam Page is. The Good Brothers. But Fish and O'Reilly are not so maybe that would be an angle like we had a brotherhood before your brotherhood so who you gonna pick cole
0: yeah there's a lot of seeds being sown right now there's a lot of a lot of work being done to just get everything ready and uh this this tag match just continues to plant that see we've got got glimpses of it during the first battle royal the second one, they were kind of on the same ba- same page to help them out, but now it's it's getting getting down to that point where they're going to get ready to mix it up.
3: Okay. Let's do it. It's a Let's
0: pay-per-view all in itself. It kind of is. That's a lot of talent <laughs> all mixed up in that same feud. I mean, that's – Well, was there
3: anything on being the elite today about it?
0: There was, but I was going to get to it later because it had more to do with the main event.
3: Oh, okay. Because I haven't haven't seen it yet, so I was just curious. Okay. I'll watch it later, but I don't care if you talk about it. I was just curious.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, they they do kind of tie to it. Not with the Bucks and (laughs) O'Reilly and Fish, though. I'll explain it as we go. Um, All right. So the tag title match, uh, by the way, WrestlingHeadlines.com, Lords of Pain, rates it four and a quarter stars. Next up is the face of the Revolution ladder match. Keith Lee, Christian Cage, Wardlow, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy and Ricky Starks, these poor two guys, uh, shit. They just got thrown around like nobody's business pretty much the whole time. Um... Cassidy did great with his with the comedy that he provided um, you know, finagling his way up to the ladder while uh, Hobbs and Keith Lee are holding the ladder above their heads while he dangles but somehow manages to curl up and, and flip backward into standing atop that ladder until he crotches himself because he loses his balance um, just the facial expressions the 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 fact that Keith Lee threw him like he was a lawn dart, you thought that the the beal he did to Isaiah Cassidy was bad. Holy hell, he, he tossed Orange Cassidy just over the top rope. It was that was a hell of a throw.
2: I mean that match was solid from beginning to end. You know with a golden tire swing and they like, I really like the Orange Cat I'm not an Orange, Cass- Orange Cassidy fan. But I just thought his comedy at the beginning, like you said, was just fun. And then it was a good showing, I thought, for Keith Lee. Um, and I could see him and Haas in a series because they're pretty evenly matched. Or him and Ward- Wardlow, you know?
3: So. Um. All I know is Keith Lee needs to quit throwing people. <laughs>
0: They barely, barely got their hands on Orange Cassidy (laughs) when he lands on the outside. It's, um, if he's okay, because I I don't think he was, he wasn't on BTE. Uh, That was, that was rough when he got thrown. It was just wow.
3: They're
2: going to start adding extra padding outside when Keith Lee, like they used to clear the first three rows for Andre. They're going to roll out extra mats. All right, Keith Lee's going to throw somebody, so let's make it comfortable.
0: They better make them crash pads. <laughs> they ain't ready. <laughs> uh, Wardlow gets the big win. I think we all saw that coming. It's, it was interesting because they positioned the ladder match before the dog collar match. So, you know, I think I talked about it last week where I said, if they do this, you know, after the dog collar match, I could see Wardlow turning. And if they do it after... Or, yeah, but didn't really go down quite that way. But Wardlow still picks up the big victory. We don't know exactly what's going to happen next because the title shot that he gets, originally, the way they sell it is he gets a title shot, period. And and MJF had said that when he wins, he's going to give that title shot to MJF so MJF can become world champion. But then in watching um, the build up. To like the package that they made for it, they have what was it? It was um chicken butt. It was MJF slapping Wardlow after telling him he was going to let him keep the TNT title shot. So it's it's interesting. And then they they he wins, and then they announce that he's going to be challenging the winner of Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara. And if if I got that if I got this right, I think it's he's the one that gets the title shot on the 16th. Scorpio Sky gets it this week.
3: Yeah, that's right. Wardlow gets the winner.
0: <sighs> what an unenviable task.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, the bad part for me is I'd like to see Scorpio Sky get a run, mm-hmm. but. Even if he were to win, I think it would be very short-lived.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he wins, he's going to get squashed by Wardlow, most likely. So before we get to the next matchup, we do get the announcement that was supposed to be a special surprise that wasn't really a special surprise. Good job, Tony, for showing us the contract. Newest member of AEW – is Shane Swerve Strickland, which, looking at Twitter today, where people were kind of responding to when he gets signed, on Twitter, of course, is where everybody's brave, and nobody, nobody's careful. Everybody's like, who is this guy? But from the crowd noise, and when he said, whose house is this? And everybody in attendance at Revolution screams Shane's house, or Swerve's house. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Swerve's house, and Revolution was hot. For Swerve Strickland, easy for me to say.
3: Well, I mean, there it just can. goes to show you how mad the bobbleheads get. Either either side, you know what I'm saying? Uh,
0: you're you're dead on there because it it was just like, what the hell? You should be happy for this guy. Like he's getting a big big moment. Somebody called him a WWE castaway. It's amazing to me how someone could say he's that These people are castaways. You know, with the exception of maybe like Ryback, who I think we'd all joke about it, none of these people are really castaways. They got fired because of <clears throat> budget cuts. But the reality was they just had an overly bloated roster and let them go. If you're let go, I wouldn't say you're castaway, especially since, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 100% of the people that, w- that AEW has hired from WWE have been made to look better on AEW TV. Am I missing that?
3: I mean, maybe not everybody, because you still have uh, uh, Sean Spears. But pretty much everybody else.
0: I mean, Paul White, you know, we all kind of agreed last night. He's probably not going to hopefully work anymore. Um, Mark Henry is great in his backstage role. Cause it's time for the main event. Not yet, but that's what he says. Um, you said Spears fight. <laughs> he was ready. The talking is done. Uh, but no, you're right about Sean Spears. Though he he's kind of still at that Ty Dillinger level. Um, but at the same time, he is getting more exposure and more time, and, and maybe that's the key. Maybe we're defining it differently. I don't know. Maybe I'm defining it differently. It would, I guess be a safer statement. Either way, AEW TBS title match. Jade Cargill defends against Ty Conti. Um, This matchup wasn't great, wasn't the worst, but it was a good showing for Jade once she got calmed down. Now, Brian, you said that you felt like Ty Conti had started off way too fast and that it kind of put uh, Jade in a bad
3: position. Well, I mean, I... <clears throat> So I don't think it puts her in a bad spot. It's just she started too fast. Mm -hmm. To me, at the beginning, she looked sloppier than Jade did. I think maybe her nerves got the best of her, and, Mm -hmm. you know, she gets a little excited, and, you know, there's a feeling out part that is very noticeable Mm -hmm. at the beginning.
0: Yeah, this matchup was kind of a tale of two parts, right? The first part was the, you know, how do you recover from the the rushed beginning? You know, how do you get yourself back in order and get everything in line? And I felt like Jade really did recover well because the second half of the matchup was good. Um, and even Ty Conte recovered well. I, I just felt like, I don't know who started right, but at the beginning it was just way too fast.
3: Maybe it was the kiss.
0: <laughs> Damn it! She needs to quit kissing people. People, somebody gonna take that the wrong way one of these times.
3: Just saying. I mean, you know, maybe. Maybe there were some butterflies or something. I don't know. Who knows?
4: <laughs> maybe
0: she got she confused Ty Conti with the kiss of death. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but that's
3: not really a kiss of death. That's a straight kiss.
0: Yeah, yeah. That wasn't that wasn't the kiss of death. We're not in the mafia.
4: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> and
2: so many people in society wanted to be right there.
0: That's true. That's true. There's probably a lot of people going, yeah, do it. I was not one of them. <laughs> I was like, what the hell?
2: Well, it's so, like when you watched, um, you watched Ty Conti on Twitter or Instagram, one of the ones. She's sitting there, and negative one's in her lap, and she's just playing. With, and, you know, everybody's like, he's so lucky.
0: <laughs> he's the most popular guy in his elementary school.
2: Yeah. Aunt Ta- Aunt Conti's coming to play at lunchtime. Well, really, your auntie's
0: coming. Yeah. <laughs> All the male teachers. Uh, yeah, but go visit, uh, give us some moral support. It's
2: like you used to say about that like, you know, NFL cheerleaders, if you look, half of them are preschool teachers or kindergarten teachers or something. I'm like, I bet they have no problem with the parents showing up. Um, Sir, we don't have a conference schedule. Well, you know, I'm just a dedicated parent and want to be here. <laughs>
0: I'm just here to support my kids. That's what we're here for. So, Jade Cargill successfully defends the TBS title. At this point, she's 29-0. and 0. Um, You know, the question of who knocks her off is going to be a good one. Paige Van Zant at this point, starts getting shown in the crowd, sitting with Dan Lambert and uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. The, the story, basically, is that she is signing with AEW, or has already signed, but is officially signing apparently on Wednesday, so maybe she's the one that finally unseats Jade Cargill.
4: Mm.
3: ooh orange
0: <laughs> not a fan, are you?
3: <laughs> not of that idea, uh-uh. no. And-
0: if there's one thing that I do get genuinely confused about is what AEW is really focusing on with their women's division. I'm not I'm not sure that they have a lot of direction there. They have a lot
3: of stars. No. What?
0: They have a lot of stars in their women's division. I just don't think they have a lot of direction.
3: What? Why not? Know. You tell it's me Hard what of I'm hearing? hearing?
0: Because well, none of the matches seem like there's a clear direction. I mean, obviously there's a winner. But, like, it's just... Uh, this week, uh let's see, who challenges Jay? Hey, Ty hasn't had a title shot in a few weeks. Let's put her out there. And I like Ty Conti. So whatever. But then we get Serena Deba uh, who out there again, a star, having the five minute challenge, doing all of that. But she would have been a feasible contender. Uh Sheeta, Riho, Ruby. You see my point. I mean you got so many, but they're just not intermingled. Speaking of Ruby. Where was she? She wasn't on the show last night at all. She's not hurt again, is she?
2: Well, I
3: don't know.
0: Wow, that would suck. Talk about snake bit.
3: I mean, there were a number of them that weren't there. That doesn't necessarily mean she's injured. True. FTR True. wasn't on it, so. <clears throat>
2: But Not everybody uh, has to be on every card stand.
3: I mean, to, to your point, though, Sheeta and Deeb are in the story, so it makes no sense for them to get a title shot at this point in time. Riho may be back overseas,
4: mm-hmm.
3: maybe. So, you know, they bring her in. Conti's quite popular, and... I'm assuming it is probably in the top five, so she makes sense. She may actually have been number one for for all I know.
0: Oh, we looked at the rankings last week. I don't think AEW has updated theirs yet, so let me just pull the website up. Um, I think she was – I know for a fact she was in the top five. I want to say she might have actually been second. So it's not exactly like she didn't qualify. So that's that's true.
3: Hirsch and Statlander are in, or you know, we're in a feud.
0: Oh, I take it back; she was not ranked in the top five. So it's Thunder Rosa, Layla Hirsch, Serena Deeb, Anna J, and Red Velvet. Hmm. Well, I guess the question still stands: Who's next for Jade
3: Cargill?
2: I <laughs> was Red Velvet there, but.
3: 'Cause she's winning on dark and elevation probably.
0: Uh, she's three and one on the year forty four and twenty one overall.
2: And she came out to save Statlander, right? Mm
4: hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So uh, I the- mean, who knows who's next, but I don't think with her, it matters though. I think they're trying to push that record mm-hmm. a little bit. So they're just going to keep giving her matches.
4: Yeah.
2: I think it's going to turn into a kind of like an open challenge. It's just going to be, it may not be a roster person every week. It may just be somebody who happens to be <coughs> local talent. It's there,
3: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they may they may just do a Goldberg with her.
0: Oh my god. They may gosh. just
3: push that number. hundred
0: and seventy eight no. She's got a challenge for the title.
3: You never Here know. She
2: is Jade Cargill at fifty seven years old. <laughs> still undefeated.
0: I I think as long as as long as she continues to improve and finds her way, I mean it makes sense to keep her in a spotlight. So <clears throat> I'm certainly not saying she's undeserving. It's just now the question still still comes out there of, well, who's next? I guess. Wow, it really is a good question. Well, yeah,
3: <laughs> to me, it's the the there's no direction. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, again, AEW tries different stuff, and Jade Cargill's direction may be let's push this number. And it does with like with her. Well, she may not wrestle somebody in the top five at a pay-per-view, but we're going right. to give her a name, and she's just she's going to beat them so we can push this number. And once it gets to a certain point and everybody's like, oh, she'll never lose, well, then Red Velvet will beat her for the title. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> that actually but, makes I mean,
3: sense. Yeah, because with Britt, Britt normally gets top five.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: All the time. So maybe Jade's direction is let's just get this number up as high as we can.
2: Well, and if they view the TVS title like they do the TNT title. You know, everybody's got a shot at it. Um, Like you said, Brit top five. That's the women's world title. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not everybody can come in and say, hey, Adam Page. It's you and me tonight, you know? mm mm-hmm. yep. And you saw it more with Cody when he had the TNT title and you know, the every week it was somebody. And that's what they'll do with Jade. It'll be anybody. It could be Statlander next week. You know what? And as Brian said, at a point a number's a number. You know? If that if their if their goal is to get a streak going, then
0: So we go from the streak builder for Jade to the dog collar match MJF and CM Punk in what we already knew was going to be a bloodbath we knew for sure these guys were going to beat the shit out of each other and they did not disappoint
2: (laughs) from the get go
0: yeah this was um, this was blood and guts to, to set a standard for for next next rounds of <laughs> dog collar matches, uh, we get Punk out first, but nope, not really. MJF trolls the crowd again with uh, hitting cult of personality, then coming out in the robe, which uh, you know, continuing to to set the stage for hey, this is how you piss people off. This is how you do it. Watch what I do, kind of thing. Um, CM Punk comes to the ring with his old Ring of Honor music, which is. AFI's Miseria Cantare." I got to be honest, I did not know that was it. Um, I think I guessed it last night and said I thought it was, but it it wasn't confirmed until after I'm on the ride home listening to the post show. But that was a pretty cool throwback in his old uh, Ring of Honor gear and and coming out to the old music. These guys really told a story from beginning to end and. if you get an opportunity to watch CM Punk's part of the media scrum from last night, you really should because he's, he is as he, as he stated, fallen in love with professional wrestling again. Uh, he got quite emotional. He actually was, uh, brought the tears basically crying <clears throat> there while talking to the press about just how much this means to him to be able to go at this level.
2: I mean, it started with, the chain whip from hell
4: mhm
2: you know but steady always through the match um and it wasn't one of those that you saw you, we've seen strap matches and chain dog collar matches that like what's it here kind of like the new age sto- steel cage matches you know like why are you in the cage mm-hmm. um but they made sure to use that, even with MJF running out. And that was some of the best angles, I thought. He'd run out of the ring, and Punk would just grab the, grab the chain and bring it back in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was really impressed with this match. Um, a little uneven on the blood side, but... And Punk really has to ask MJF what he uses for his, you know coagulate coagulant, I guess that's what it is, you know, to be able to stop bleeding fast. Cause damn. Um, but I think it was in its right spot on the card because I think, you know, I don't know if you'd want to have the main event right after it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Very, true. Uh, Very
2: true. But definitely, um, a, uh, what are they? what do we call it a benchmark of the evening um, so
0: yeah it's a, it's impressive to see cm punk and mjf going at this level i'm I'm so happy to see cm punk able to do what he's doing but this was actually a real good statement making match for mjf just to, speaking to how tough he is uh, especially with those thumbtacks uh, brian I, I didn't i didn't know we were going to get that level of uh I guess violence, but damn, this one was really good.
3: So, I think at this point in time in AEW's history,
4: mm-hmm.
3: short lifespan, whatever, uh, in something like that, you should expect nothing less than violence.
4: Oh, Pure, yeah.
3: unadulterated violence um because we've seen we've seen i don't know that's that might be the bloodiest um but i don't know if i'd call that like the most violent i guess if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but to me it, it i'm not shocked anymore i'm not surprised um when there's a specialty match, when you expect there to be blood, they're gonna they're gonna give you blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I did I didn't I didn't know Punk could bleed quite like that. I didn't know anybody could bleed like that. But, um, yeah, they don't they don't disappoint in a match like that.
0: He keeps uh you know gigging himself in that same damn spot. He's gonna be <clears throat> like Abdullah the Butcher, able to stick a quarter in that forehead of his.
3: Yeah, I mean, because I would imagine it—it it was probably the same spot as last week.
4: Mm-hmm. At least he had like that it.
3: one little spot. Yeah, he yeah. has that one little spot in his forehead. So I'm assuming that's where—that's—that was the money spot. But he was kind enough to mark it for us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, look what I do. Point right here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of almost feel that and this is an unpopular opinion, but I, I, I kind of feel like the the match was good. They didn't need the tax. You know, yeah. I mean, it added something to it, but I just felt like they didn't need to go there to make the match count. Does that make sense?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and they had a great match going, and yes, it added a little element that we were all like, oh, because I remember Brian saying last night, you know, there's there's no way to prepare to take a tack bump. I mean, because you could land one way and get four of them, or you land another way and get 80.
4: <laughs>
2: you know, um, but like I said, it was it was an added thing. Was it needed? No, but the back and forth. And I think the reason CM Punk used his old Ring of Honor gear and all that style is because he didn't want to mess up the gear he uses normally. And plus, when you're wearing white, it shows the blood better.
4: (laughs)
0: Well, there was plenty of that to go around. Even the referee got to participate in this one. The tax came out, and uh, the referee goes to count three. One, two. Ah, son of a. (laughs) Grabs immediately for his hand. Because he had just smacked the, the hell out of the thumbtacks.
3: Yeah.
2: I bet he'll look next time.
3: Oh, yeah. So, I, I'll have to slightly disagree with you two on the tack thing. Like, so, I think with MJF being such a good heel, you know, I, I think personally, I wanted to see him. Writhe in pain a little bit. If that makes sense. He's so good at being an ass. Mm -hmm. That I wanted to see him. Like really get it. I mean I was happy
2: when he started bleeding. I was like yes. Because Punk had been bleeding. Since almost the beginning. You know. But then we got disappointed. Because then as soon as. MJF started to bleed.
0: They should dry it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I I was able to – I talked about it last night. Paul Turner looks like he goes to check on MJF's head because it was pretty much as soon as he started to bleed, he stopped. Like, just like you described. So, Turner is like – feigns like he's checking on him, but it seriously looked like he was really trying to work the cut open. And it didn't matter. It just, it just didn't work.
3: Yeah, well, maybe he's not a bleeder. Like Punk is, Punk he got a pretty face.
0: <laughs> we got a bleeder over here. <laughs>
3: yeah, Punk's a bleeder. He's Good that's what that dude bleeds. He's, I'd say he's probably better than Ric Flair as far as bleeding. No, Mox. No, no, Mox it, gave him
0: a run for no, his money.
3: For, well, yeah, that is true too. See, with <laughs> Flair, Flair is easy to start it. It doesn't take much for Flair to start. Right. But as far as like streaming. I, th- I think I think Punk might beat Flair.
2: You remember that interview Flair did years ago when he was still wrestling, and he was yelling and screaming in the interview so much that he busted open whatever cut he had on his head. He yeah. started <laughs> bleeding during the interview. Like
1: what the hell?
0: You may be tough, but are you Ric Flair bleeding in a promo tough? <laughs> <laughs>
4: I don't,
3: don't give nobody a T-shirt
0: idea. That's fair, because that'll probably be on a T-shirt here in about a week.
3: <clears throat> yeah, probably tomorrow. So we got
0: we got to cover. Is... Go ahead, go ahead.
3: Oh, I, I was going to say if it's not like just now I've been put on a T-shirt.
0: <laughs> Head to pro wrestling
3: tees right now,
0: son of a
4: really wouldn't shock you me. know
2: the graphic designers of pro wrestling t-shirts like can you all give me a break like come on come in you check your email on a monday and you got 18 t-shirt designs like what the hell
0: <laughs> it's got to be a pretty busy staff all the time but how many different designers do they have let's have look into that i'm going to reach out to them see if we can get them in here for an interview be a good stuff
2: well, I know they were hiring people to work in their retail location and are in their operation and they were like one of the pregnant prerequisites in the in the job thing was you must be a wrestling fan.
0: seems like that would go without saying like it would be kind of counterproductive to hire somebody that's not a wrestling fan. I
4: mean,
2: how many times have you ever watched that undercover boss show and the c e o doesn't have any clue what the company does?
0: Fair statement. What do you Fair mean? Point.
2: <laughs> what do you mean this is a signed company I need to get in a cherry picker? What? I've never used power tools. <laughs> I'm a vegan. How dare I own a steak company, you know?
0: <laughs> so, into this matchup, uh, Punk and MJF go back and forth, but it comes to the end where Wardlow gets hollered at by MJF. Finally comes down to the ring. He wants the ring. He wants the dynamite diamond ring from Wardlow. Wardlow starts checking his pockets. Can't find it. Next thing you know, Punk drops him. Wardlow finally... Oh, oh, I found it. Finds the ring. Puts it on the... (laughs) Puts it on the, the apron. The crowd goes ballistic. I mean everything Wardlow does is getting attention. And as soon as he put that ring down and then says, oops, I mean, it was, that was louder than the Thunder Rosa pop.
2: I mean, accidents happen. People <laughs> don't need to read into it. I mean, how many times have you looked for something in your pocket and you didn't find it? You know, people are automatically thinking he's trying to hurt MJF. The man just made a mistake. <laughs> It was in the – I mean, his pants were so tight, he could barely get his hand in his pocket anyway.
0: It's true. Stan trying to make easy.
2: drama where there is no drama.
0: Ah, come on. you got to be able to uh, see the writing on the wall. You shouldn't have smacked him in the face, that's for sure. That probably didn't help Stand your cause. journalist. <laughs> Next up, Britt Baker defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Thunder Rosa. Um – you know this was this was a a good matchup certainly nothing really awful about it uh, a little convoluted in the outside interference aspect uh, first we got hater then we got rebel then we got rebel and hater and then you know just a lot of that going on finally get uh rosa who who kind of clears clears the area gets rebel taken down with a spear Um, And then clotheslines Jamie Hayter, but still just doesn't get the job done. Now, we would find out later that, you know, that Thunder Rosa is going to get yet another shot at Britt Baker in two weeks. But, man, to me, it seemed like uh, this should have been Thunder Rosa's night.
3: Oh, yeah, until you find out that in two weeks they're in San Antonio.
0: Then they'll have their night. (laughs) yeah i mean Britt baker has done a great job of carrying the women's division carrying this title um and really just
4: which
3: is a new title
0: yeah looks a lot better looks a lot better than the other the other one it wasn't ugly but it was so small this one is just Mm -hmm. looks a lot nicer
3: yeah but the other one was clearly a throwback Uh, yeah is, uh... Oh, yeah, that looks like one out of the 70s or 80s. Mm hmm.
0: Now, I, I, I mean... don't. Go ahead, Rob.
2: Right, right.
0: Just going to identify. I don't know if you were able to take a look at the side plates on the new belt, but on the far right and far left, it's Britt Baker and Riho on those plates.
4: Mm.
3: So, like, are you talking, like, plates like like the, globe the WWE all that? where they unscrew yeah. them? Or are you talking, like, plates that are stationary that they'll put in, like, you know, etch st- in the name of the next person?
0: These are static plates. So, these are there like the globes are on the old mm-hmm. WWE titles.
3: Hmm. Well, that's kind of cool.
0: Which but you it's hold, time Rob? for
3: Brit to lose.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Well, I mean, I, I kind of was going to talk about it. I feel like as much as we thought with Thunder Rosa, now it's kind of like back to what we were talking about before, is who's going to be the person to beat her? Mm-hmm. You know? We all think Thunder Rosa, but, you know, like, who's going to do it? When One of the things that I say is that when they set you up to think, all right, they're going to lose it tonight, it's going to go. And then, nope, it doesn't. So I'd be interested in to see if they don't put it on Thunder Rosa in San Antonio, who's going to win, you know, because I mean, she's kind of gone through most all the top contenders
4: mm-hmm.
2: at this point.
0: Well, Brian mentioned a good possibility after they get clear of these two feuds and that's uh, Serena Deeb. So if, if Thunder Rosa wins the title at, it- St. Patrick's Day Slam, and I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Um, if you're looking for that next person after Thunder Rosa, Deep might be that logical choice.
3: Yeah, well, didn't D beat Rosa for the NWA title?
0: Uh, that, let me double-check that real quick. I think you're correct.
4: It's
2: Brian. He is. You don't have to check it. <laughs>
0: Let's see here. Thunder Rosa.
2: Don't insult the man.
0: I wouldn't dream of it. Excuse me. Here we go.
3: I'm trying to think, but I think that's right. Because Thunder Rosa was defending the NWA women's title on AEW. And then Mm -hmm. Deeb... Beat her, I think, on a non televised match in another promotion or something.
0: Yeah, Thunder Rosa wins the NWA Women's Championship January 24th of 2020, NWA Hard Times. Um, Then on UWN Primetime Live, which was a short lived uh, network, like streaming network for NWA, Serena Deeb beats Thunder Rosa and then defends the title on uh, dynamite
3: Mm -hmm. yeah she held it for a while too
0: she did her Mm -hmm. reign was 222 days
3: Mm -hmm. yeah so i i mean again there's a possibility with with her somewhere down the line because she would make sense especially if rosa gets it if thunder rosa gets it
0: As much as I want to see them, you know, like I want to see Maka Ito come back. You remember her? Our favorite karaoke-loving middle finger-throwing Japanese Joshi th- superstar. Um, <laughs> I want to see her get back involved. I want to see Riho back in the mix. But, you know, with everybody we got, there's so many to pick from. At least there's so many to pick from, which is a positive. If we, if we got to find one in all the questions of who's next, that's a positive.
3: Sure. You say so. But I just pre- like Tay Conti, they might not be worthy.
4: Oh,
0: damn it.
2: They're going to give it, Dana J, Jay.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that's a natural feud. Anna Jay wins, and then Ty Conti. Why not me? Why not me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> damn it.
3: And it so, could happen somewhere down the road, just like that. It really, truly could.
0: They seem to like to do that. They They like to to go the the other way around to get to the title win instead of what we expect with what we've been preconditioned to they take the other direction they still come out to that that ending much like they did with Adam mm. Page you know what i mean but they go the mm. other way and they make you they make you wait for it which is all right
3: mm. well, again i i think that's what's happening with Thunder Rosa because again it was like i can't believe she lost mm. and then the graphic pops up oh yeah next this week she's facing Layla Hirsch for you know. Another title shot in two weeks at San Antonio, Texas. You're like oh wow, okay. Well this makes sense now.
0: I could see some shenanigans afoot and see Thunder Rosa get cost her title shot. Make us wait until double or nothing.
3: Possible, but I mean she's got a to backup too, so in these yeah, Martinez.
0: Where the hell was Martinez last night?
3: Know, maybe she was off somewhere else beating somebody up.
0: <laughs> Hotel bar, waiting. <laughs> I never got the call. I'm not booked. So uh, we go from women's championship to we want violence chants from the crowd as John Moxley and Brian Danielson put on not a clinic, but a matchup that sets an example of how to beat the hell out of each other, part two. So it's like they watched Jericho and Eddie and said, okay, we see what you guys did. And we raise you lots of headbutts and submission holds. Because that's what the hell we got with this fight.
2: The professors of the masterclass of ass-kicking were in. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, both of them... Even though it was it was fairly fairly obvious the, the bleeding that they did was supposed to look like it was from Hardway instead of chair shots and such. I think it was wasn't it Moxley's the only one that bled, I think.
3: No, Danielson bled too.
4: hmm.
0: Mox got busted up over the eye by a um an elbow to the face. And you know, I don't remember how Danielson <clears throat> excuse me, got caught. I don't know.
3: Was he ball? wasn't. He wasn't bad. He was bleeding from the mouth. A yeah, that's bit. right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
3: then I think there was like a small spot, like on his uh, forehead or something. But he wasn't as bad as Mox.
0: Yeah, Mox bleeding buckets over here, trying to pull off yeah. a Stone Cold Steve Austin in the uh, in the bell lock. Just oh my god! I was just waiting for it to squirt out. That's that was all that was left. just just, just spray it out the forehead. Let's just do that.
2: You know who was pissed about last night was the American Red Cross. <laughs> They're like, if there's a way we could catch that blood.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, go to the rig with a bucket. <laughs> Mr. Moxley, if you could, sir. <laughs> Can
2: you please lean over? Oh, my God. Drip, drip, drip.
0: That's nasty.
2: Hey. Y'all didn't mute my mic, so that's what you get.
0: (laughs) Wasn't necessarily the matchup that we come away talking about as much as what happens after the matchup. By the way, four four and a quarter stars is the rating on uh, Lords of Pain for this one. I have to agree. Great matchup between the two. Moxley wins after uh, hitting a great counter. Um, But it's the after effects that really stand out, and that's – you know, Danielson's in the face of the referee. Mox is like, well, "Bring it on!" I'm not done yet, and they're getting they start brawling. And out comes Lord William, freaking Regal, which we all jumped up off our seats. It was awesome. I love when it's a surprising scene coming.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I will have to say that. Like there was no hint that was coming. Mm -hmm. There was no foreshadowing, no forewarning there. No, we're going to telegraph this on Facebook. There's absolutely none of it. And when he comes walking out, it's like, holy fuck. You know? So it was definitely, I I think to me, it's probably the biggest moment of the night.
0: Yeah, I mean the 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 sheer surprise of it. Then the now the the possibilities with it is even cooler because mm-hmm. he comes down to cool both of them off. He slaps the shit out of Moxley and basically headbutts him to calm him down. Danielson starts laughing like ha ha, and then he gets slapped. And then suddenly he's like, now you two shake hands. Now you, now do what Dad says. Like what the huh? <laughs> it, yeah. it was crazy.
2: Yeah, and I agree with Brian on the fact that there was no lead in and it was just like cuz I don't know about you all but at no point did I think I would we would I would see him on AEW television at this point. Yeah. You know, because all the chatter and stuff on on social media was, "Hey, I had a great run. I'm just going to sit at home and chill mm-hmm. and whatever." And then and then you think about the way he did it. And now you're thinking, all right, is he going to be a manager? Is he he an authority uh, authority role? Did he just put together a tag team that's going to kill Jurassic Express?
3: Uh, You like...
0: Yeah. That's what's going to
3: happen. Yeah, but I I mean, I don't know if there'll actually be a tag team.
2: Here, little dino, dino.
3: (laughs) Because if you remember what Brian Danielson wants is for them to, to teach the future.
0: Right. Moriarty and uh, Daniel Garcia. Yeah.
3: Yeah, And uh, I think there were one or two others, but that was his purpose to get Moxley involved. And then it's not, you know, when the, what the week after or whatever, as this match is getting set up again, he's like, You know, I want I want you a part of this. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily to me. It's not necessarily I want to team a tag team with you and go and take the titles because I hope they don't fall into that trap. Because there's so many worthy tag teams that I don't you know you don't need two singles competitors, Mm -hmm. especially two that are on great runs. Put them together and have them win the tag titles. you know, it's, it's not Stanford. You don't need that crap. But to me, it's, it's he wants Moxley involved with teaching the future
4: mm-hmm.
3: and not so much. I want to be your tag team partner in my, my, my opinion. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean,
0: I can see how that would uh, translate into that. I, it makes sense. Um, I feel like that could certainly do, do what you've described. I mean, it, it puts you in that, that kind of mindset of, you know, where can it go from here? And the cool thing with having Regal involved is literally you have one of the coolest shooter-type stables possible if <laughs> you do that. I mean, Mox, Danielson, Garcia, Moriarty, and Regal. I mean, that is a tremendous group.
3: Uh, I mean, now we're gonna now we have to get eight man titles.
0: Ah, Come yeah.
3: on, Stan!
0: Gang warfare, baby! <laughs> and if we don't get if we don't get from William Regal setting up the next blooded guts, then I don't want it. That's what it is. is. Okay. Four games. Okay. <clears throat> uh, we get the six man tornado tag match between the AHFO. Andrade, Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Hardy against Darby Allin, Sting, and Sammy Guevara, which was just an absolute clusterfuck of a matchup fight, whatever you want to call it. But some of the most dangerous, crazy bumps that I think we've seen this year so far. For example, uh, swinging for the fences where Andrade levels Darby in the back of the head with a chair. Just... And that was the beginning of the fight. Like, that's kind of how the the match started. Um, You get Sammy Guevara doing the Spanish fly off the stage through a table, which was insane. And then, oh, yeah, 62-year-old man, Sting, putting uh, the Butcher through a table. No, Andrade through the table, excuse Mm -hmm. me, through two tables, jumping off a balcony. Four tables, sir. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was two over two. Yep. Four freaking tables. That's insane. You can't find that kind of like maybe CZW, but they never had a, a star like Sting jumping through four tables off a balcony. Just ridiculous. Well,
2: well, I don't think any at this career, I don't think Sting would be saying right now. You know, if you'd asked him, hey, when you're sixty, are you gonna go through tables? He'd been like, I didn't go through many tables in my career, period. You know. But again, it's probably going to with what CM Punk said. He's just having fun. You know.
0: It's a really good what, point. You know? During the uh the post show media scrum, Sting says that as long as he can do matches like this that are different from what he did before, he'll continue to do them.
3: Well, I, I mean, I hope, I hope it it, it works for him,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, where he, he can do stuff like that. And doesn't get hurt. Um, because yeah, that, that's just, that's like Terry funk type stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, Terry Funk at 80 would go through four tables, no problem. You know, but you're kind of like, I've never seen Sting go through, you know, take somebody through four tables, and now he's doing it at 62. Right.
2: Mm. I don't remember him going through many tables, period. Yeah.
3: Maybe one or two. He really didn't do a lot of
0: hardcore, well, by what we define it as stuff,
3: well yeah, but i mean i don't I don't even know if tables were i don't remember tables being a thing in w c w or the n w a
2: well, when they started the hardcore thing, he was in the rafters, mhm, you know, when Norman Smiley would bring out the the shopping cart with crap in it, the thing was in the rafters of the baseball bat, just in there going, uh, <laughs> you stay the hell down there, you know, mhm, so regardless of what it is, you got to give it for what it is. You have an icon that is Sting, who at this point in his career and his life, he don't have to do a damn thing except take your money. When you show up to get his picture and an autograph, you know? And he's like, let me see what I can do. And I'm going to have fun because I am sting (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I can do, whatever the hell I want to do. (laughs) I think I'm going to have a match tomorrow where I suspend myself and then swing and jump.
0: Would you want to see sting have one more world title match?
3: Mm, I'd have to pass. I mean, I'm okay with the match, right? I don't think I'm okay with him winning the world title.
0: Yeah, not necessarily a victory, but I'm like one last main event title shot kind yeah. of thing.
3: If he yeah, could I'd put these
2: okay matches together. Go ahead, Brian, sorry.
3: Oh, no, I'm done.
2: And I was saying, if he could put these matches together and not look like he's about to die at the end, you know, because at first when he did it, because I think we were witnesses to his first chair, his first table in D.C. Um, But, you know, and the more he's wrestling, the more, the better his stamina and everything's getting. So who knows?
3: Yeah, but the, the, the problem with this world champ is Adam Page is like, Trying to take somebody's head off right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like legitimately, he hits that damn lariat, and it's like, oh god.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even even like his small lariats are are. Yeah. I mean, rough. they're putting emphasis on yeah. I mean, I
2: could see. I mean, I could see something like you know we talk about all the time. I could see a champ, some like MJF win the belt and does like, I'll take on anybody who's got out there, come on out here. And then sting answers it. And by fluke wins it, you know, and then MJF the next week goes, ha ha, I'll get it back and does what they do, you know, but I agree. I wouldn't want to put him with Adam page because Holy God.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I love Sting, and I would love to see him have a main event like that, but I, I don't, in the current element, like, if he was to, like, if he had taken on Kenny Omega, for example, it wouldn't have made sense for him to beat Omega. Adam Cole, same thing. MJF, though, I, I can kind of see that. But even that, him winning that title, at this time, I would say that most likely Sting would be like, I don't think at this stage of my career people would believe it.
2: Well, and I don't think that's what he's there for. Right, you know? exactly. Exactly. Because um, if he's in there with Adam Page, then they're gonna have this the, the song's gonna be That's a Head That belonged to Sting You know Um
4: <laughs> Right But
2: and find Sting's truthfully, in the
0: third row.
2: You know, and truthfully it wasn't until last night that I really noticed CM Punk starting to do the strap motion, you know? Mm hmm. So I think Sting's just having fun. Sting doesn't care. Sting's like, you know what? I went to the E and I tried and now I'm here because guess what? I can do what I want, how I want, when I want, wrestle as much as I want. Because Sting could probably look at him tomorrow and say, you know what? I'm going to take a couple months off and go to the beach. And they'd be like, okay, see you in a little while.
0: He did say that during the media scrum that each match he has, it takes a little bit longer for him to recover.
3: Well, yeah, but what do you expect when he's going through tables? <laughs> Jumping off balconies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's not going out there doing the same five moves and going to bed.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's reinventing himself at the ripe old age of 62. Mm-hmm. Which is absolutely nuts. And I don't think,
2: unless I missed it, I didn't see a stinger splash last night.
3: No. Mm-mm. Well, I, I guess off, I guess... The table spot may be a <laughs> splash. Didn't they used to call that a stinger splash too? When he would do the
0: splash from the top.
3: No, okay, uh, maybe, maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he used I don't to know.
0: pop, when he
2: used to pop into the turnbuckle, and you think he's going to flip over the rope, and go ahead and pull a Ric Flair and hit the
0: ground. Mm-hmm. So a a crazy six-man trios, trios match, trios tornado match to our main event. Adam Page versus Adam Cole for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And the crowd uh, starts off as, as saying, we want Adam just completely over the top. I mean, this crowd was hot all night. And you'd have thought from the dog collar match to, you know, just... The, the different matches they had staggered that they would have maybe lost some energy. They really, really didn't. The crowd was into this show from beginning to end.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I told you last night what I, I uh, heard DDP say. Mm-hmm. And last night's a, a classic example, right? Mm-hmm. So they're different than any other any other group. They're passionate um, you know, some of us hold a, you know, hold the spot for AEW because, you know, back before they started, we were the ones towing the line when there was no line, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, when, when what's his name, Melzer says you can't fill a 10,000 seat stadium, you know, well, you know, some of us are the, are, are the group of fans that were like, Oh, not only can they fill it. But they can run a company, you know what I'm saying? they no nah, no, nah, they can't they can't they can't get that many people to watch an indie show. Oh, okay. What you know you know, there were arguments for some of us back then. And uh, again, that is it's that's just the passion that I think separates an AEW fan from a WWE fan. Right? So you've seen the inception of AEW. You've been there from the beginning. You're a part of this movement. Whereas the WWE, you know, we were only a few of us were there for, say, Hulkamania.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know what I'm saying? Uh, there were more there for for the Attitude Era. You know, but that group is dwindling, and so now. You have a group of people that are just caught up in the monotony of it for the WWE, and it's not the same. To me, there's no excitement in the WWE right now. Whereas for AEW, I mean, they put on pay per views like this, and what, four and a half hours in or whatever, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: you haven't lost steam. I mean they're they're ramping it up the la- the you know the few matches before this main event.
0: Yeah, to your point about the excitement level that you know AEW has, WWE does not have. Madison Square Garden Saturday night capitalizing again off of or yeah, capitalizing or exploiting, you know, the the chatter that's been going on about Cody. Openly teasing a mystery opponent for Brock Lesnar in his WWE title match. Now, you guys say you saw the announcement. You said Wednesday last week of who it was going to be.
3: No, I, I I hadn't seen. I I think uh, I thought you or Rob said it. I thought you said it.
0: Well, it it turns out that the the mystery the mystery opponent was Austin Theory to which the crowd went remarkably quiet for. (laughs) And he gets squashed in two minutes. Then Brock Lesnar gets the holy shit beat out of him by Roman Reigns. That's how they ended, you know, Madison Square Garden with people literally mocking WWE and memes about Austin Theory. So, I mean, there's little to no excitement in Madison Square Garden. You know you've screwed up because Madison Square Garden is – The place to be for WWE shows. And uh, no, not so much. Main event segment doesn't work. So we get to this main event at Revolution, and basically AEW says, okay, fine. Well, here's how you do it. (laughs) You put two of the most popular people on your roster, in Adam Page and Adam Cole, and you tell them, hey, guys, just call it in the ring. Just do what you do. And that is exactly what they did. Um, From beginning to end, these guys just... Dude, they left it all in the ring. Um there was a, a, a plethora of super kicks, a super kick party, as the Bucks would say. Timurk! There were um interference from Red Dragon. There was uh no interference from the Bucks, but interesting alo- interestingly enough during BTE and during the entrance of Adam Page Adam page comes to the ring in a vest, which has the rainbow tassels kind of like the young bucks used to do. And on BTE to close out the, uh, the episode, I guess the ring crew guy comes to the back and hands the bucks, Adam pages vest saying, Hey guys, here's your vest. You left it at the ring. Um, Nick Mm. or Matt, I don't, I don't remember who it was says, that's not mine. And they just kind of lay it down on the chair And they walk away and and it it goes, it fades to black with the camera focusing on the word hangman on the back of the vest.
4: Uh.
3: Well, maybe, maybe Paige joins the Bucks until Omega gets back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of interesting.
0: Now, during the during the fray, during the, the brawl between Cole and Paige, the Dark Order comes to the ring to make the rescue for Adam Page. Well, Paige had been uh, stunned, I guess, wasn't really able to see what was happening. One of uh, the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds, goes to check on him, and Paige just shoves him backwards into um, one of O'Reilly and Cole, and suddenly there's a brawl between the Dark Order and... And O'Reilly and Fish, and that's how the Dark Order gets them away from the ring. Well, go to BTE, where Adam Page comes back to the Dark Order, who's in the locker room area, talking about, "Hey, what was up with that shove?" And Reynolds is like, "Man, I don't know. That was I. He didn't need to do that." And Silver's like, "I don't know, man. He was just he was just fighting. I think maybe he just got the better of him." Page gets back there, and Reynolds isn't having it. Reynolds walks away. And uh, at that point, Paige kind of looks around and, you know, for a split second it looks like he's trying to explain what happened. And then he tells everybody to leave. So Paige now trying to be a loner again. Or just needing a moment after a hard-fought victory over Adam Cole.
2: Well, he needs to be, you know, so he can go play with Nick and Matt and be part of the Bullet Club
0: could be
3: yeah but i mean this split has quietly been building though mm-hmm. not so much on tv but definitely on like bt mm-hmm. you know so you got uh reynolds and uh silver, uh, silver yeah i'm thinking johnny honey I, I couldn't get past that Dummy um, man yeah <laughs> and, you know, what have they been doing, right? They're paddling yeah. around with with Cole. With Budge. Right? Yeah. And then I think, what, last week, uh, Paige finally talks to him in the back or something. And there's like a little miscommunication going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even on Dynamite, there were one or two segments where it was kind of some miscommunication going on. Um. Try I, again. I I think it's one of these quiet little stories that unless you're paying attention, you're going to miss. You know, because again, there are a lot of you know moving parts between BTE and Dark and Elevation and Dynamite and Rampage. Uh, it's it's easy to miss stuff.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, so I you, think it's you... going to happen
0: you have all of these different story nuances depending on what you watch. It's different stories, right? So Dynamite and Rampage is Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Rampage kind of shows more of the Bucks versus O'Reilly and Fish. Dynamite shows more focus to Cole and Page. And then BTE shows more of, you know, the the Dark Order. So it's all these different stories wrapped into one. And unless you're watching it all, you really don't put the pieces together, and you may not have to.
3: Mm-hmm yeah and again I, I mean, I think it's time Paige you know goes out on his own. Hey, mm-hmm. no offense, fellas, but I don't need you no more um I mean, he's oh. definitely gotten more violent lately, oh
4: yeah I think I think, I
2: think that's, that's been building since the whole he did the whole quit drinking thing, you know what I mean yeah he joined the he joined the dark order and then it, it kind of never fit that he's been part of the dark order you know what I mean like he's no All longer right. the misfit he's no longer the the outcast he's the champ you don't need him
4: yeah
3: I mean he's definitely hitting his stride right now as champ cause I I, I mean again I you know I said it last night you know uh, about Cole probably winning but after the match I'm like dude this where did this guy come from where did this Adam Page come from
4: yeah
0: he's he's showing a whole nother level of aggression of energy his promos are more aggressive he's not he's not necessarily doing a heel turn but it really does kind of look like that's where they're directing him
3: yeah, or or he's just doing you know cowboy shit, right? He's just yeah, just, just
0: a, a lone wolf kind of thing.
3: Yeah, violent, angry, lone wolf type guy.
0: All in which all again his, is
3: cool, you know.
0: Definitely is. It definitely is, and and I like what they're doing with them. And I, it, I said it going into the show, um, and after this, Adam Page, this version of Adam Page right now is my favorite.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, too. And I'm I'm just trying to think, I'm sitting here trying to think, like, so between ROH and New Japan and AW, you know, just watching the evolution, I think this is what they were expecting.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know what I'm saying? Like, when we get to this point, everybody's going to take notice.
2: Well, and I also think they this is another thing of the ones who are, you know, who originally made up the plan because, you know, they did the slow burn with Adam Page and look what you got.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you got a bona fide star for a while. Like you said last night, Brian. You're so excited for him to get the belt, but now you're like, oh, no, oh, no, you know.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, we've talked about like breakout stars. Mm -hmm. Right. And AEW's got a lot of them from Hook to Wardlow, you know, and a lot in between. But I mean, this might be this might be your true breakout megastar. You know, like your first true legit breakout megastar. If if they keep down this path, because this this version should turn Cornet. I mean, should be happy with this. I mean, yes. should have. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he should be able to start turning the tide of some of these naysayers if he keeps this attitude up.
0: I feel like with, with what we're seeing right now, this is AEW at that, you know, that they're at that turning point where they go from big to huge. If they just Mm -hmm. keep on this pace and this, this level that they're at right now, it really could become that big.
3: Oh yeah. I, 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 Again, I think they can definitely move the needle as far as like picking up more viewers. Especially if it gets out like if people start watching especially Revolution. Uh you know, again I said it in the beginning, I think then they like this is a pay-per-view they like stood up to the name.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, like like we are truly Flipping pro wrestling on its heels right now.
0: Oh, this is lo- this
3: is a true revolution,
0: and it's about to get about to- a lot more interesting. Um, hey, before we close out, final uh, final grade for the pay per view. Uh, we'll just say out of five, five being the best. Brian,
3: a five. One, I like my alphabet better. You're gonna stick with the letter grades. All right, letter grade. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I'd give it a solid A.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I, I mean, there were one or two rough patches.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, there were one or two bot spots. But, I mean, overall, I mean, that had to be one of the best ones I've seen in a while. Rob,
0: what was your grade for Revolution? Five. (laughs) God damn it. We are not paying attention. We said that. No, I'm just kidding. He said he he preferred the lettuce. So you want the numbers.
2: I don't have to conform to the man system. (laughs) I'm an individual.
0: I got to agree. It was, uh, it's definitely a solid, a performance, solid five. Oh, uh, I mean, you
2: conformist.
0: Hey, Hey, you, when he's right, he's right. You know, it's, it's a damn good show. There's some stuff that could have been done a little differently, but I mean, if that's I'm the kind the of grade,
2: stuff I was saying, cause you gave it a letter.
0: Oh, well, whatever. You, five to me would be like, perfect.
3: Yeah, see, that's why I like letters because you got a A plus,
2: an a, a, a and minus, A minus. A, yeah, yeah. yeah. don't do dumb shit, Stan.
0: <laughs> Damn, <laughs> what the hell? Why is it the gotta be? like me?
2: one to five, and like, oh well, I like the letters better.
0: Well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ed the Post Show, Media Scrum, more information coming out about Ring of Honor. Um, Tony Khan says he will be the booker for Ring of Honor. Um, He didn't disclose a lot of details. He said that a lot of it he really can't comment to. But Ring of Honor, he will be the booker for it. So Ring of Honor will be an actual wrestling program staying on television. He didn't describe what yet. Seems to be a lot of hints towards Honor Club staying as a streaming service. Maybe that's how... AEW gets their own network. Um, Multiple Mm. talents were asked if they would work. Ring of Honor matches, uh, Adam Page, CM Punk, all said, yeah, if there's a match to be booked for it, they'd do it, which is tremendous. So, you know, we talked about it when AEW started and they started to hire so many people. Would they do a brand split? "Eh, They don't have to. They just bought one.
2: Well, it helps them, especially since Ring of Honor fired most people.
3: Mm, I don't think they fired them. I think they just let their contracts run out.
0: Ring of Honor should get a lot of credit. So should Carrie uh, Silkin and Joe Koff. They, they paid their talent, their agreed-upon salaries, the entire time during the pandemic. So, I mean, yeah, it was a little weird towards the end, like watching what happened, but, you know... I can't can't give them enough props for taking care of their talent, not firing a single person throughout the entirety of the pandemic.
3: Yeah, just I think I know. read, yeah, some contracts expired in December,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and then the rest expired the 1st of March or something.
0: And they, they did it right, the right way. They told their talent what they were doing. They said, hey, we are going to be changing how we do business. We will honor your contract until they expire. Most most were in December, some in March. Um, no, I'm sorry, some in February, end of February, early March. Uh, but they honored each and every one of them. And, I mean, that's just that's a testament to how Sinclair and Joe Koff and Kerry Silk can really do business. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, hey, that's cool because with Ring of Honor's Punk would comment that Ring of Honor getting their library picked up by somebody he could trust with their footage. Which uh, is interesting. He he takes those not so subtle digs. He did say the network that I could actually navigate, something like that.
3: Well, I mean, the other thing too is there was kind of underlying Ring of Honor theme.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Very much throughout so. the night with Punk, mm-hmm. and then uh, Regal making the handshake,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and then even as, even as it, as it went off. You know, Page went to Cole who was knocked out and shook his hand. And uh, you know, uh after after Paige beat him and Cole was knocked out, he shook his hand. Um so it's kinda cool that, you know, you get uh you get people that are involved with ROH that are, you know, kinda carrying this on and moving it forward. Mm-hmm. It's going to be
0: interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks.
3: I think it'll probably take a little bit longer than that, unless they have a, a you know, like a service put one on.
0: Well, Supercard of Honor is the next Ring of Honor show that is booked currently. Um, and it is scheduled to take place in April. So there's only a month and a half before that event's supposed to take place. Should be interesting to see.
3: Yeah, but they could wait until after the you know, after it.
0: Yeah, to do an official reboot.
3: Yeah. Cause you know they got Daly's place. So the arena is not a hard thing. But it's getting it on T V or a streaming service. Yeah. That'll be the hard part.
0: Well, that's going to do it for our review of Revolution, talking about all of the news of the week. It really was an AEW-heavy week, just all of the different things they were doing to get us towards, towards uh, Revolution. Um, we'll talk more this coming week about, uh, well, gosh, we got all of the aftermath. We got the build up to WrestleMania, which should start getting a little bit more interesting as we go. Uh, Card of Honor. We'll probably have more announcements coming on about that. And uh, gosh, any other news that breaks, of course, we'll be bringing it to you. You can catch up with Rob on Twitter at Rob c 2 c Catch up with Brian at Vlad C 2 c And catch up with myself at Stan Grubb at the, at C2C Radio Show for us and C2CRadioShow.com. For all your needs corner to corner. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And uh, hey, we'll see you next week. Have a great night.
1: Donation gladly
4: accepted at the final.